Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Let's do another one. Did you, America? Yes, it's Did You America? He's Jeremy. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Great. Good timing. Yeah. I'm Canfield. We're off to a great start. I got really excited. Stop sexting someone on your phone when I'm attempting to start the podcast. It was my mom. <laughs> uh, this is Did You America? We are in season two, episode... Oh, man, I lost count. You can't. I'm real off today. Um, we've got some uh, Lady Gaga dog theft stuff to discuss. And uh, what uh, what ceremony happened last night? The Golden Globes? Yeah, the Golden Globes. Yeah, Jeremy watched them, so I didn't have to. Uh, but first, I know what you're all thinking. Does Jeremy have internet at home yet? Ah, good question. I do. We're back to being a tech genius, folks. It took, uh, what, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, we hit the two-week mark. So finally on Saturday, I uh, once I got involved with the third-party installation company, things started, the ball started rolling. Now, in the previous episode, you told us that the uh, internet provider that you were trying to do business with were claiming that in order to get internet at your house, you would have to get a building permit, get a team of builders around, have them dig tunnels from your house up the road, probably to somewhere in Fort Worth, and somehow connect with a satellite, and then you might be able to get maybe an AOL chat room going on. That would have been easier than what they're doing describing to me but yes basically that's what when i finally got in touch with the third party installer that's what he was telling me but he also told me he could hear my pain on the voice i was basically on the verge of tears ready to cry by the time i got in touch with him right so he had told me if they have to do all that craziness he would basically build a temporary speed bump and have it go under that until they would get the digging process. So, like, I knew eventually I would get internet. He, so, uh, Friday, I'm driving home from the office. I'm just, I'm done. I've, I'm now two full work weeks without internet. I'm tired. I'm having to drive back and forth because I don't have internet. You feel like you're living in 1993. I'm so broke from all the gas I'm spending. I'm literally filling up my car one last time for the week and the installer calls me. And I'm at this point, I'm, I'm trained to think this is going to be bad news no mm -hmm. matter what. And he told me, he, all he said was, we got it. I'll be there on tomorrow morning to install. I, I, this guy must think I am so weird because I started telling him, I love you. Thank you so much. You saved my life. I was ready to go on the murder rampage. You <laughs> saved the lives of so many homeless hookers out there. <laughs> the good Samaritan he is. So I finally had internet. It was up and running. I told you when the guy came to install on Saturday, he could see my frustration. He put the TV on immediately. I had ESPN going for two days, but then we had one little speed bump. Yesterday, I wake up in the morning and all of a sudden my internet isn't connected. 
I'm like, oh no, what happened? Well, you know, somehow they, where they buried this connector thing, like that must have gone wrong. It's raining. Did it maybe come up in the mud with all the rain? What's going on? These are all technological issues no one's had since 1995. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so I, I call back the company and I get their customer service and I'm like, what could possibly be wrong here? And, you know, they, they actually set up an appointment for someone to come out today and the lady told me, she was like, you know what it could be, though? It could be that your router that they gave you was just out of date. Yeah, sometimes they'll sit on their shelves for five years, and then they'll just hand them out, and they won't work. So I went to a Spectrum store. I'll name them. The internet's fine now, so they've done a great job. I went to the store. I picked up the router. I plugged in the new one, and that's literally what was wrong. They gave me a dead router that only worked for one day. <sighs> But you have internet now. I have now. internet now. It's up and running. Have you turned the TV off uh, since it's been <laughs> I, installed? I actually, I actually do think my TV is still on right now. I've watched a record amount of porn in this amount of time. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. On uh, living like it's 2005. I made it. Eventually, I'll get to 2016. Um, That's what year it is, right? Lady Gaga um, has got her dogs back, so everyone can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Now, I do think, first of all, I mean, this if anything positive has come from this Lady Gaga story, it's probably to shed some light on apparently dog theft is a big thing, which I had no idea, but apparently if you've got a dog that's expensive to buy, um, people do steal them. And I guess resell them on the uh, on on the black market. Um, so dog theft, obviously, very very bad. Am I being bad by saying that I was kind of shocked by the amount of wall to wall coverage this story got? <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a worthy news story, and the guy got shot, and that and that was terrible. Although it seems like he's going to be fine, but it seemed like news channels had gone into rolling news purely about Lady Gaga as if there'd been some sort of terrorist attack on, on US soil on the day that it happened. Hey, look, you know me. I'm Team Gaga forever, so I was a little emotionally charged when the news first broke. But you're right. It definitely got a little too much notice than, you know, like a murder normally would have a person. Even uh, it, it came off the back of the, the Tiger Woods story. And again, that was uh, a shocking story. And it seems like he's going to be okay to a large degree. But once they'd, you know, once it had been breaking news, I, I had uh, Fox News on the day that that Tiger Woods crash happened. And they literally didn't move on from that story for an hour. And Again, there was nothing developing there. He'd been, uh, they'd got him out of the vehicle. The, the the they'd put him in hospital. They were they were waiting for an update, and it was literally being it was being covered like you know when when there was the, an attack on the Capitol. And again, it's it's a worthy news story. Right. And, so, and the Tiger Woods was in a a terrible situation, but you gave me an hour on that nonstop. I mean, I, I, I'm about to say something controversial. Oh no. I think some news networks might be missing President Trump because it's like <laughs> you had four years of a nonstop newsgasm and now not only is he not president, he's not even allowed on Twitter, so you don't know what to cover. And yes, Lady Gaga dog theft and Tiger Woods crash were the stories, but for nonstop rolling news coverage for hours on end? Yeah. 
I'm starting to think that's a really good point. And possibly Lady Gaga was thinking, I got to strum up some news. Could she have Jussie Smollett this? <laughs> is, is the dog napping a hoax? She got her dogs back real quick. That is true. We heard nothing about a microchip. Was she? <laughs> Did she go? Okay, I got to go a different route to Smollett because MAGA is kind of dumb <laughs> now, and Trump can bring out new MAGA merchandise. And did you see that he was at that conservative conference right. over the weekend? And apparently, the MAGA is now not just in red; it's in all colors. So Whoa. you you can get MAGA hats and various stickers and stuff in like red, black, blue, orange, green. Like it's it's a whole new range of merch. Wait, so first YMCA, then Rainbow MAGA hats. What's he trying? To tell us <laughs> you might have a theory you may have a theory Two theories but you're saying that lady gaga was like okay uh jesse smollett like fakes what he fakes and, and brought the maga aspect into it now we're kind of over maga i'll just let my dogs go missing yeah she acted all upset this was really just a big ploy to promote her next hit single a cover of who let the dogs out <laughs> well i um they, they, they found the dogs and uh, Lady Gaga offered a big reward for them. Um, and th there is a lady that found them but claimed that she just happened to stumble upon the dogs and mm. wasn't anything to do with the kidnapping. I, I didn't immediately think, okay, this is a, a Lady Gaga fabricated situation because she needs the PR. But I was definitely uh, suspect regarding the lady who just happened to stumble on these French bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep comparing the situation to Jussie Smollett, but, like, are we going to see photos on this lady's Instagram in, like, two months with, like, her arm around Lady Gaga from three years ago? Turns out they were best buds. They had this whole thing planned. There was also... Now, you know me with my dog phobia, so I, I'm hardly a dog expert. Um, but these, the, the French bulldogs, they're those, like, huffing, puffing dogs. They're like the dog equivalent of you. Every time I ever... ever I, I, Every time I see a French bulldog, I think it looks incredibly unhealthy, right? Not only that, like, I have a disgusting underbite to where, like, my jaw's always sticking out like a bulldog. But they're always huffing and puffing and look like they don't want to be taken out for a walk. So here's a... Here's a that's, that's the French bulldog, right? I never want to be taken out for a walk. <laughs> exactly. The right? just don't end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the human equivalent of a French bulldog. So let me ask you this. If someone said you were going to go out for a walk, which apparently is what Lady Gaga's dog Walker did, and said you were going to go seven blocks to the liquor store and back, which is what apparently happened according to this story. Do you not think seven blocks is a bit of a long way for one of those huffing, puffing, uh, Jeremy-equivalent dogs to yeah. manage to, to get out? I, I mean, like, a mile would be too much. I hope he had, like, one of those, like, rich people puppy strollers for them while he went to go get his booze on, because that's all that was happening there. You know, and I, again, I, I don't want to... Um, God, we've turned this story into just absolute conspiracy theory hey, that's if, what we always do if you're listening to us the news networks and your, uh, your your ratings have plummeted because you're not getting the Trump 24-7 newsgasm maybe you need to come to this podcast to get some ridiculous theories to put out there that could get your ratings back up because I'm reading that the um, the liquor store that they went to um, which is where uh, the the dog walker was ambushed and shot and the uh, the dogs were stolen it was a liquor store on Sunset Boulevard, the one that was uh, seven blocks from wherever um, Lady Gaga lives. Right. And, you know, someone else who's been in the news recently for all the wrong reasons. Do not forget, I've told you that story about a journalist friend of mine who once went to interview Marilyn Manson, who at the time was living in an apartment above a liquor store 
on Sunset Boulevard. Whoa. Is Manson involved? He always is. In which, <laughs> in which case, remember my buddy went to his apartment and um, the, obviously this is pre all of the terrible allegations that are out now about Marilyn Manson. This is going back quite a few years. Um, when he went to the apartment, Manson opened the door and it was just like a, a, a thick fog because for aesthetics, Marilyn Manson had a dry ice machine operating <laughs> in his apartment. Because, I mean, it could have just been that the, the, the Lady Gaga's uh, dog walker went in to get some booze and the dogs got lost in the in the dry ice machine. <laughs> I mean, it, well, they've already had to walk seven blocks huffing and puffing. We've established they're very unfit dogs. They might have got lost in the dry ice theatrics. Marilyn Manson is listening to this right now. Yeah, he's a listener. And he's like... <laughs> First, I have to deal with all these allegations. Now I'm going to have to deal with conspiracy to kidnap Lady Gaga's dogs? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Um, also, um, the, um, the dog walking, because that's the other thing that I thought of. First of all, I will say that in the, in the news reports today, they say that Lady Gaga's got her dogs back. I'm a little bit suspicious about this woman that happened to just randomly find them. Unless it was, again, another woman that was trying to escape Marilyn Manson's apartment and she finally figured out her way out of the dry ice machine <laughs> and found these two French bulldogs that had lost their way as well and decided she'd rescue them too. But I... Um, the... The, 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 the initial news reports when Lady Gaga got her dogs back were all about the fact she got the dogs back. Fair enough. But a lot of those reports suddenly forgot that there was a dog walker that had been shot. Right. Like we, we've, got, <laughs> we've got clarification today that he's going to be okay, but when they first did the breaking newsgasm, Lady Gaga's dogs have been returned, I was going, okay, well, that's good. What about the poor guy that got shot? You've forgotten about him? Right, now that she has her dogs back, like how long is she going to give him before she's like, uh, all right, get out of the hospital. I need my dogs to be walked. <laughs> like, does he get like a month off or is she just like next week saying, hey, it's time to walk Poochie and Coochie? Well, the second thing that uh, this story has made apparent to me, the first thing, of course, being the fact that apparently there's this huge uh, black market for stolen dogs that retail for a, a large amount of money. I know a guy. The second thing, well, like I want to get a dog with my dog phobia. <laughs> do, do you think I'm in the market to buy any dog? No, that's actually a good question. Let's okay. What was the what was the uh, fee for finding a dog? I think I read it was like five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Hang on, I have detailed files. Okay. Uh, in the, while you're yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the woman who again I'm suspicious about because she just happened to stumble on these dogs uh, is apparently going to get the five hundred grand reward. All right, so. French bulldogs are not exactly aggressive. Like, they're small. They can't really do much. They're not going to charge at you. What would it cost as a reward for you to say, to see those dogs walking around on the street and go out of your way to not only go near them and pick them up, but then find their owner, which means, like, you're probably going to have to be around those dogs for a good hour. I've never picked a dog up in my life. Never. I'm t we, I went to meet Jeremy in my apartment, uh, the front door of my building, because we record in my kitchen, as I might have mentioned. I need a job if anyone wants to hire me, by the way, just as an aside. Um, uh so when I was getting in the elevator to go downstairs to let you in, I, I have anxiety. I live on the fifth floor of my building, right? 
I have anxiety anytime I'm getting in the elevator that at any point between the fifth floor and the first floor, the elevator's going to stop and someone's going to get in with some dogs. And then I'm going to be trapped in a small space with some dogs. And I think everyone can see this because when I was coming down to meet you today on the third floor, the doors opened and there was a lady there with two little dogs, like the, the t- probably the kind of size that you could fit in an old lady's handbag, like those type of dogs. I thought they were cats. Well, no, they look, they were a similar size to cats, but they very much were dogs. And so I, I think it, I sort of like moved aside to try and make as much room in the elevator as possible for this lady to get in. And she must have just seen the absolute fear on my face because it's a big elevator. There's enough room for she, I, and these two little right. yappy dogs. And she just went, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> right? And then, and then anyway, I get down to the first floor, breathing a sigh of relief. I let you in, in the door. We're now waiting for the elevator to come down again. And I said to you, I'm just going to wait around the corner because I'm expecting when the elevator comes back down to level one, the lady is going to be leaving with these two little dogs. <laughs> and she, she got out with these two dogs with another neighbor. So clearly he was waiting in the right. elevator and she was like, oh, this guy's fine. He's just not going to be terrified of my two little yappy dogs. And uh, anyway, she walks off with these two little yappy dogs and you looked at me and went, you're scared of them? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 if I could have hidden in the coffee machine at that point around the corner, I would have crawled inside it just because I knew that these two little dogs were, were about to exit the elevator. The thing I was really amazed is, like, obviously I didn't know the first part of the story where, like, you had just ran into that lady. So all of a sudden there's just like, you know, I hear nothing and you look up at the elevator and you go, dogs are coming you <laughs> went around the corner and wouldn't you know it dogs appeared i was like oh my god he has such a fear he's developed a sixth sense to where he knows when they're coming well i'll tell you what i have developed and this was a theory a friend of mine has who is who is a dog owner i never used to have any animal allergies and i'm okay with other animals i mean like i'm i i uh, but if i'm around cats and stuff i now they, they cause me to have allergies right and that definitely happens with dogs to the extent that if I get in the elevator of my building, if a dog is ridden in that elevator, I might sneeze when I get in there just because... The, 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 <laughs> right. But the, this never used to be a thing. And one of my friends who is a dog owner had this theory that uh, because of my dog phobia, I've now spent so many years avoiding dogs that if I don't even need to come into contact with an actual physical dog, but I go in an enclosed space where a dog has been, I've now got allergies towards the dog because my my, my body's built up not just a psychological fear, <laughs> but an actual physical resistance to it, as in the, the allergies have developed because I've just not been around any dogs for so long now. That's <laughs> So you, to go back to your original question... A fear allergy. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Don't ever go on a roller coaster. You're just going to start sneezing uncontrollably. <laughs> so to go back to your original question, if I saw Lady Gaga's dogs and thought there's half a million in this for me, would I have picked them up and say, hey, Gaga, I've got your dogs? Fuck no! <laughs> but I did, what, what I did want to ask, is that so the, the second thing after we now know that there's this um uh you know black market for uh, selling dogs that have been stolen uh, i was sort of intrigued by the 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 job of a dog walker because i would have thought that if you were lady gaga's assistant then maybe walking the dogs is part of that if she's away but this guy in all of the news reports 
is uh, described only as a dog walker. And apart from my fear of dogs, I'm wondering if this is the best job to have in show business because, and I'm not, I'm not going to name the names of the celebrities here, but I've got a couple of friends that have been assistants to some pretty big name artists, right? right? And they don't earn loads of money, but they get to sort of vicariously live to the standard that the artist lives because some of them live in, you know, the pool houses of the celebrity right, or right. when the celebrity is on tour, the assistant gets to stay in the same hotel. So they have nice suites and stuff like that. And so when the celebrity is working, the assistant basically gets to live like that celebrity, which they wouldn't, you know, the assistant would never be able to afford anything close to that in normal circumstances. The downside to it is the celebrities are fucking nuts. And the <laughs> amount of temper tantrums and just crazy behavior that my couple of friends who have been assistants to, to big names have had to deal with, it is off the scale. But then I'm thinking, if there's a difference between being the assistant and the dog walker, if you're not scared of dogs and you've only got to deal with the dogs, but you get to have all that vicarious living, how great is that job? Oh, perfect job. Right? I feel like dog walker, it kind of, uh, it started as the next step that girls would take after babysitting. You know, once they got past that, but like they didn't want to have a real job, they'd just go to dog walker. And... Hollywood in particular, and also kind of, I guess you could say like New York, because like they're in apartments, a heavy, fast paced mm. working environment, yada, yada, yada. Like dock walking has become an actual job. And I feel like that should be a hobby. That shouldn't be something you can base a whole career on. That was my takeaway from this story. That's the point I'm making. I didn't know it was an actual job or that it would be separate to being someone's assistant, right? Not, not only that, that's like essentially to you being evil Knievel. Like you mean they're walking with dogs every day? No, 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 no. <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I'm very pleased that Lady Gaga has her uh, dogs back. And um, uh, the, the, I mean, the dog walker, I think you're, uh, you're doing a little bit too much. Seven blocks is too far for one of those unfit French bulldogs to walk. If I had to tell you, Jeremy, that you had to walk seven blocks from this apartment back to your car after we'd finished this podcast, you, you'd probably have to stop off for a beer halfway through. No, you'd never see me again. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, before we move on, quick thing, because it's kind of connected with Lady Gaga, and you know that uh, occasionally we talk about the fact we feel like we have cosmic power on the Did You America podcast because we talk about stuff and then weird things connected with that stuff happen. I don't know how many times I must have referenced what a great night out it was to see the Charlie Sheen Meltdown stand-up tour. It, <laughs> it wasn't actually called that, but he had a meltdown, got kicked off two and a half men, and then went and did a stand-up live tour. I saw the poster. I'm pretty sure that's what it was titled. Um, and uh, we've referenced it a bunch of times. Um, and uh, what do you know? It happens that it was 10 years ago that this occurred, and Charlie Sheen has been reflecting on this and saying that it was a low point. Oh. <laughs> it, it's kind of connected with Lady Gaga because it's it, 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 for me it was a high point of my life because right. it because it was all it was my one week in Tampa right the only time in my life I've ever been to Florida oh that was the, oh I forgot that was the, yeah yeah sorry Come it's all, all in the same week I went to Tampa 
Uh, and again, I don't know that I need to go back to Florida at any time in the future, even though this was a decade ago, because we can all agree that Tampa is the Florida of Florida. Of course. I, I did it very well. And I did it so well that during that one week, I went to see an Iron Maiden show, my, my favorite uh, ever band who are still active. Lady Gaga was on the side of the stage, as was I, because I know Iron Maiden. That's two name drops. Bloop, bloop. Yeah. So I said hi to Lady Gaga on the side of the stage at the Iron Maiden show. And then uh, I think it was two nights later at the same arena that I saw Iron Maiden in Tampa, Charlie Sheen did the uh, winning meltdown show. And um, he um, has said that uh, it was a bad time. It was one of my favorite weeks ever, though, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, I saw a quote that he was like, there were 55 ways this could have gone perfectly normal, and I chose the 56. That 56 way was absolutely the correct way to go. You said it was the best night of your life. That was the best night of all of our lives, and we weren't even there. <laughs> there they, uh, I it, still inject tiger blood. I, that was part of the thing. It was the tiger blood tour, yeah. What I remember about that was, first of all, it was such a big news story. They thought that he would be selling out arenas. So literally, <laughs> you know, one night I'm in the arena, and there's 12,000 people there sold out watching Iron Maiden. Two nights later, it's the same arena. It's probably more like 3,000 people right. watching Charlie Sheen. I, I, I remember as far as the car crash element of that show, the first five minutes were the most brilliantly choreographed opening of a show that you could want. They had this montage video of him doing TV and movie roles interspersed with him talking about having tiger blood and how he was <laughs> winning and he was bouncing back and it was highly produced. And, it, you know, there was uh, some pyro on the stage and then suddenly the light goes to one of the corners in the arena, one of the few corners that had people sitting because not many parts, not many blocks right. were sold out. <laughs> and he appears with two minders either side of him on the spotlight in the corner of one of the corners of the arena. And he walks through the crowd to, I forget what was playing, but some perfect bit of music. And all of the Tampa people are chanting because there ain't no better audience for a Charlie Sheen meltdown than a Tampa audience. <laughs> I mean, I, he was with his people right. at this point. Oh, those are his people for sure. And then he got to the stage and there was like huge applause and he kind of lapped it up. And then he did this introduction that was pretty good because he was still kind of on script. And then he said that the rest of it was basically going to be fly by the seat of your pants, make it up as you go along. And that was just a disaster. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was the week that Charlie Sheen introduced bath salts to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when we all learned of bath salts, it was from the crazy stories out of Florida, right. like it turning people into zombies. 100% Charlie Sheen caused all of that. So when I was there, because I thought, well, this is a, this is a moment in time. I must document this history i think i spent more money at the merchandise stall than i did on an actual ticket to go to the to the charlie <laughs> right. sheen stand-up show and um i do remember um buying because at the time i was still living in the uk so i was on air in shitsville and talking about the fact that i was about to have the you know pre-vacation the best vacation ever i am maiden and Charlie Sheen in Florida. And at that point, didn't even know that I was going to get to see Lady Gaga on right. the side of the, the Maiden stage. So my co-host at the time, because we'd covered basically the Charlie Sheen meltdown day by day, um, said, oh, I bet there's great merchandise. You've got, you got to get me you know, like some stuff. So I remember I bought myself a winning mug. Do you remember uh, winning Tiger Blood and winning? I have it tattooed on my chest. 
And um, the other thing that I got for uh, my co-host on the radio back in the UK was uh, a girl's top that said on it, banging seven Gs. <laughs> because do you remember his, his other claim to fame around the time was that he did seven grams of crack yeah. a night, right? So they literally had a girl's top that just said on it, Charlie Sheen, banging seven Gs. What I would do to wear that shirt every day. Well, I remember taking it back to Shitsville and, uh, and, and uh, you know, it was like my vacation gift that I gave to my co-host. And she took one look at it and she went, you expect me to wear that? This is what you brought me back? And I, and I said, and I said, well, yeah, because we, you know, we've done, we talked about it on air. We've done loads of jokes. And she's like, it's one thing to joke about the fact that he's having this meltdown. You expect me to go out in Soho, London with a, a, a like a, a low cut top that says banging seven G's on it. And I said, oh, well, in the moment, I didn't think this through. And she, 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 she said to me, you spent a week in Tampa and you've become so Florida. Right. <laughs> you embraced it immediately. But I was uh, off the back of, because, you know, I, I, I make some plans for this podcast so i did some research for today's episode because i knew we were going to be talking about uh charlie sheen's uh, 10 year anniversary of his meltdown so i went on ebay to see if there was any of this merchandise still available um now i will say this it will it turns out that i i think most people didn't want to wear the banging seven g's girls top Aww. because that is retailing but only for 9.99 and it was definitely more expensive than that a decade ago <laughs> when, right. I, when i bought it in tampa however the winning mug that I bought for myself currently on eBay for sixteen ninety nine. So that has kept its value. Still doing pretty well. I mean, well. I want to say that I've definitely paid at least ten bucks for that mug like ten years ago. So it's probably increased in value. See, this is why Charlie she needs to hear this because this current apology tour does not compare to the drug fuel tour of a decade ago. It was. We need to get back to that. You know, he tried. He tried to do the whole like, oh, I, I had HIV, so let me blame it on that. And then, like he tried the whole like, oh, let me apologize. Clearly, none of this is working. Mr. Sheen, you obviously listen to this podcast, which is why you're trying to revitalize the winning phase of your life. Get back to the crack. Get back to the winning. <laughs> get back to the tiger blood. Give the people what they want. I am uh, okay if he wants to appear on this podcast with doing a t-shirt collaboration that combines our Did You America t-shirts with the Camfield Fuck Yeah uh, tag on the inside with banging seven Gs on the back. <laughs> he would grab that shirt and be like, you know, this shirt feels really good on your nipples. <laughs> By the way, you can buy our uh, original design of the Did You America t-shirts if you go to the website, uh, didyouamerica.com. But um, yeah, Charlie... I, I think you're remembering it incorrectly. I had a great night in Tampa. You know the other thing about the Tampa audience? This is how fucking stupid they were. <laughs> so this is 10 years ago. I don't know. How many years ago was he actually married to Denise Richards? It was a lot more than that, yeah. right? Um, it's the only time I've seen a heckler get escorted out of an arena by security. Like I've seen people drunk and they have to leave, right. but an actual heckler. This is when I realized that Tampa was the Florida of Florida. <laughs> During the Charlie Sheen show, it's all gone terribly wrong on the stage. He's trying to like, you know, wing it and tell stories and hold it together. There's this drunk guy like two blocks over from me. And it's probably only like my block, his block and the block in between that was sold out in right. the entire arena. And he just keeps on shouting out while Charlie Sheen's trying to tell a story badly. 
Denise Richards! Denise Richards! With no context. Like, Charlie Sheen wasn't telling a story about when he was with Denise Richards. She didn't even get... She didn't even get mentioned. And I think a couple of times Charlie Sheen told Mr. Tampa to quieten down. Charlie Sheen's being the most adult person at the Banging 7G's Meltdown show, right? In defense of Mr. Tampa, though, Denise Richards really is Charlie Sheen's free bird, you know? Well, I, maybe. because I, Denise Richards! Denise Richards! And eventually the guy got, got escorted out of the... Uh, got, yeah. What's he going to do? Yell out, like, those seven porn stars. <laughs> no, you're going to yell out Denise Richards. All right, um... We have an update on Song of the Week coming and some other stuff to discuss in part two of Did You America? Stand by. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Song of the Week updates. If you would like to vote, you can do by going to didyouamerica.com slash song or we will have a poll on my Twitter. I am at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Last week, New York producer chose Bedhead by Manchester Orchestra. 21% of the vote. Jeremy, Back to Earth by S.G. Lewis. How much do you think? Did I get a zero? 10% of the vote. Woo! Gojira, My Choice, Born for One Thing, 69% of the vote. Well done, Gojira. Here are today's Song of the Week choices. Another seven days for you to vote for these via the website or my Twitter. Jeremy, what is your choice this week? All right, I am testing our DFW audience with my choice this week. I am choosing the song Like a Ship by DFW's own Leon Bridges and Keith Young. All right. Uh, New York producers going with Virtual Reality by Ren for short. And I am choosing Black Lungs by Architects, British metal band, new album called For Those That Wish To Exist that came out on Friday. So they're your choices. Uh, new York producer going with Virtual Reality by Renz for short. Uh, Jeremy's choice, Like A Ship by Leon Bridges. And my choice, Black Lungs by Architects. Uh, if you want to vote on the website, didyouamerica.com slash song or look out for the poll we'll get on my Twitter at Ian Canfield. And don't forget, if you do vote via the website, that is also where you can go to listen to previous episodes or to buy one of our Did You America t-shirts or just write to the show if you have anything to say. Um, uh, do get in touch. You can actually leave us a voice message if you want to get your lovely voice on the show or just type us a message. All of that stuff. Um, is available to you at didyouamerica.com. Uh, last night, Jeremy, because we're recording this on uh, Monday afternoon, March 1st, if that matters, probably not, but I'm just giving you some context because yesterday, Jeremy watched the Golden Globes, so I didn't have to. You're welcome. Thanks. My feeling was, well, if Ricky Gervais isn't hosting, then there's not going to be any great controversy called, <laughs> so therefore no one's going to care, really. Right. Well, I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, so I was excited to see what they could do with it. And they definitely had some funny moments. You know, one was in L.A., one was in New York, and so they, you know, obviously there was some technical glitches at times. I think most people at this point are just really tired of, A, these award shows in general, but B, having to watch these award shows happen with almost no audience and the people in screens and yeah, volumes yeah. not working. And it's a, it's a hard thing to pull off. I mean, I, I give um, 
Saturday Night Live credit for trying when they were doing their Zoom shows right, from, from at home. Right. But but realistically, Saturday Night Live on Zoom made it even less funny than it is normally. Yeah, you would think that'd be impossible to do. But they pulled it off. They pulled it off. So here's Jeremy's review of the Golden Globes. Oh, pressure's on. I so I enjoyed parts of it. Like I said, like at this point, we know what's coming with uh, all these award shows. The one thing I was most, I guess, shocked about throughout is. Oh, there's it just goes to show what we've talked about in this podcast before that like there's just so much options for streaming and television all these things that the majority of these shows I did not know of and some of them like haven't even come out yet like they this movie that won a bunch of the awards Nomadland like I haven't seen anything about that until the Golden Globes right yet they keep you know they just keep showing you the the shows that like they want you to watch is mm-hmm. really what it's become. It's kind of become more of a promotional tool than anything else, in my opinion. Well, I looked through the list of winners and I felt proud that this is the first time possibly ever that one of the big winning shows, not only did I watch, I watched all of it and I enjoyed it. Shit's Creek is the most current I've ever been with watching and enjoying modern TV whilst also being in sync with these award shows. Because normally I'm like you, I go through the list and I've got no idea what 90% of the the winning shows or movies are. And again, I I quite like Shits Creek. I don't think it is as great as the amount of accolades it it has won suggests that it is. But I looked at the list and I thought, oh, oh, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. I'm like, oh, the mum from Home Alone. She won some awards. (laughs) And I'm thinking, and I remember thinking, oh, when I first watched Shits Creek, it's the mum from Home Alone. And now she's won an award. So this this is the first time possibly ever i've looked at the awards and gone oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm actually in sync apparently with the rest of hollywood that's actually another issue i had with this year's golden globes is there's i'm very confused at when the dates are of the shows they're awarding because i'm pretty sure Shit's creek was the story of all of last year's awards i'm pretty sure that show ended for good in april yeah, I think you're right. So why why are the Golden Globes still like? I'm pretty sure their last season won Golden Globes last year. Oh yeah. Well, I guess they've had a, they, they haven't had as many shows made as they would normally because of COVID. So they've had to make do. Maybe, but th- there's just way too much confusion about. It. Take away the fact that you know it's another one of those events where everyone tells us how to live our lives, right. but. Now we're dealing with shows that we haven't watched in over a year. Well, also, if they wanted to fix that problem and become more current, brand new show that I did not see winning any awards. No nods for The Equalizer? Oh, not yet. Just wait. Next year, all Equalizer. Because I have you know, here's my weekly Equalizer update. And and today's update isn't about how awesome yesterday's episode was because I haven't watched it yet. Today's Equalizer news. And by the way, if you don't know... Queen Latifah has rebooted The Equalizer and it is the most perfect reboot of an 80s TV show every week. It's not let me down so far because, as I said on the previous episode of the podcast, every week it's exactly the same, which is what I want from a reboot of an 80s action TV show. Of course. Today's update, not about the latest episode, it's about the fact that I am not the only fan because I watched Queen Latifah on Jimmy Fallon. By the way, before I talk about this... (laughs) I. Tangent on the tangent. Yeah, not to go off on a tangent. 
And, you know, Jimmy Fallon, obviously, like, way more successful than you or I will, will ever be. And, and he, you know, I get that he's got talent, and I like all the musical things, the, the, the YouTube clips that I see that he, he does. But I keep on reading these stories that he's basically destroying The Tonight Show because it's never had as few viewers as it's got now. Like, it's got terrible, terrible ratings. Right. And I watched this interview with Queen Latifah, and this is something that I noticed about Fallon, but I, I never mentioned it before because I thought he was doing fine. Do you think he's got terrible ratings because every fucking person that he has on the show, he treats them like they're the biggest celebrity ever and everything they say, he treats it like it's the most jaw-dropping, amazing piece of information and it just comes off as being the most insincere bit of TV I've watched. So, for example, Queen Latifah's on for The Equalizer, right? Now, I'm excited because, I don't know if you've noticed, I love Queen Latifah <laughs> being The Equalizer, Right. right? He treated it like he had the Queen of England and all of her family doing an exclusive interview about how some of them were involved with Jeffrey Epstein and it was going to be like this amazing like but, but, and Queen Latifah could that might be a bad parallel but you get what <laughs> you get what I mean like he it she was is like, the Queen of Latifah well yeah and it's Queen Latifah talking about the, the talking about the Equalizer fine but uh, Jimmy Fallon was introducing it as if he was 50 times more excited than I am each time Queen Latifah in The Equalizer shoots her gun. And I'm pretty excited at that. It's not, it's not worthy that level of excitement. And then she was, you know, chit-chatting like people do on TV shows. She could have said, oh, um, Jimmy, I had uh, pancakes for breakfast today. And his reaction would have been, oh my God, pancakes, that's so cool. You had pancakes? That's just an awesome thing to share with us. And I just think, and, and I, I can't bear, uh, you got Colbert on the other channel. and right. I, I can't watch that because it's so excruciatingly left wing and it's become like a, a, a political TV show rather than late night entertainment. But at least... It's got some sort of clarity and belief in what he's talking about and sort of like a reality if you want to buy into that kind of left-wing skewed world. Right. Whereas Jimmy Fallon is going, <gasps> pancakes for breakfast, amazing. <laughs> anyway, went off on a tangent. My point is, <laughs> after Jimmy Fallon had, uh, you know, had his jaw drop several times at things Queen Latifah was saying that weren't that amazing... It got mentioned in the TV show that Leslie Jones is such a fan of The Equalizer that every week when it's on on Sunday, she does a live tweet along with the episodes. <laughs> and so they played a clip from the show along with her tweets, right? right? And basically, Leslie Jones is enjoying it as much as I am and picking up on the same aspects. And you know the other thing that I love? The fact that she's doing it on a Sunday night, she's being like, I am normally, apart from last night, where I'm watching it in real time, like you watched at 80s action TV shows. You thought you loved that. Just wait till you start to see Leslie Jones tweets about things you don't like. Did you ever see when she tweeted about the Olympics a few years ago? Uh-huh. NBC literally, her tweets were so great that NBC hired her and sent her to Russia to cover the Olympics this summer just you wait you're gonna know more about sports than you ever thought you could and it's all gonna be thanks to Leslie Jones well I tell you this if uh, she wants to repeat that uh, Olympics trick 
and uh, she gets a little cameo in the Equalizer, I would be absolutely fine with that because based on what she's been tweeting, she gets it. She is also excited that at about the 11th minute of every episode, Queen Latifah will have her gun out and probably pistol whip someone. Leslie Jones is also excited that in about the 32nd minute, there'll probably be a car chase. And then in about the 57th minute, just before the end, there'll be some sort of like profound ending with a bit of a sort of morality tale before the credits roll. So, basically what you're saying is Golden Globes 2022 is going to be all Queen Latifah with a little touch of Leslie Jones. I'm f- absolutely fine with that. But your your point was that the Golden Globes weren't doing enough new shows. I say there haven't been that many new shows for them to cover because of COVID, but they could have gone big on the equalizer. True. My final point on the Golden Globes is this, because I, I didn't see any wins for Ozark, and and I feel like maybe not as prevalent as Schitt's Creek in terms of everyone saying, oh my God, it's an amazing show. That still was a, a relevant current show that lots of people were talking about, and I would I, I was kind of surprised that Ozark didn't win anything. I mean, if anything, they sh- there should be an award for the best appearance by Ario Speedwagon. Because <laughs> as we've discussed on this TV show, getting Ario Speedwagon mentioned in a TV show is kind of an in thing to do at the moment. And spoiler alert, Ario Speedwagon show up at the end of the latest season of Ozark. There should be best appearance by Ario Speedwagon awards for oh, the Golden Globes. You, you missed it. There was. Cobra Kai won it. Oh, did I miss that bit? Nah, well, yeah, the the other thing is, in that bit, was that the bit that did Bateman lose, I think, to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso? Did you see that on the list? I wasn't sure if they you were You're the, the one that watched the show. I, you looked at the list. All I know is when Jason Sudeikis won the award for Ted Lasso, he, showed, he rolled up, he was wearing a hoodie, and I have never seen anyone higher in my life try to accept an award. Did he accept the award by singing, Take it on the run, baby, <laughs> if that's the way you want it, baby, or I'm gonna keep on loving you. Did any of that happen? I'm pretty sure it happened. Oh, well, that's what should be going on. Okay, so if you're listening, we've got some notes for the Golden Globes next year. Um, the Equalizer should win almost everything apart from the award for best appearance by Ario Speedwagon, which should be taken by Ozark. And um, was there anything else? Yeah, let's go ahead and drop the Mark Ruffalo being on the verge of tears during his uh, winning speech. Oh, that was too. another thing I wanted to ask you before we move on. Brace yourself, I'm about to say something controversial. Did those fuckers in Hollywood do anything massively political like they would have done for the previous four years? Or now there's not a Republican in power? Did they basically drop all of the preaching? Because I'm thinking that what they would have done each year when Trump was in power was ridicule him endlessly. And you could suggest that there might have been quite a bit of opportunity to do some Governor Cuomo jokes last night. How many Cuomo jokes were there at the Golden Globes last night? How many? Sadly, I didn't didn't hear any Cuomo jokes jokes but i think all the trump jokes instead got replaced with um instead they just attacked the hollywood foreign press the people who pick the award winners every single award winner took down the uh, hollywood foreign press they're the ones giving you the award you're supposed to thank them instead they all call them the all-white hollywood foreign press imagine if uh if i got up there to uh to give uh an award for the equalizer tv show and then like i throw in like uh a biden joke but just when they see that i'm gonna go do it they just drown me out with some 
Mario Speedwagon. <laughs> See, I would expect you more to do like the Kanye style where like Queen Latifah doesn't win. And then when, you know, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence is accepting her award, you run up there and you're like, no, Queen Latifah in the Equalizer is the best role of 2022. <laughs> The Equalizer needs to win everything next year. Uh, Leslie's, Leslie's, Leslie Jones is ready to give right. those awards, right? And you probably won't need to drown her out with Oreo Speedwagon because she's going to say something that's uh, slightly controversial to your left-wing agenda. Uh, oh, talking to left-wing agendas, before we wrap up today's episode, there's a, um, a competition on the podcast horizon. Bruce Springsteen and Obama are now doing a podcast together. What? We get one mention in the New York Times and all of a sudden they do this to drown us out? <laughs> That's a good theory. If you didn't hear about this, um, because when we had Snowmageddon in Texas a couple of weeks ago, I posted a picture of uh, the swimming pool at my apartment complex frozen over, and um, New York Times picked up on it. And, uh, and you know, I was quite uh, pleased to be quoted in the New York Times, and they uh, posted a link to our podcast, which did have a bunch of my friends going, have the New York Times listened to what you say on the podcast? <laughs> I don't think you're necessarily in line with their thinking. Probably not. Maybe for balance, they were like, oh my God, okay, who's the most like high-profile lefties that we can go for? Let's get uh, President Obama and the boss to do a podcast together. <laughs> when? Do you like the way I frame this? as like Springsteen and Obama are hoping they'll get as many listeners as we do. <laughs> I, yeah, no chance. When, when did the boss become like no longer like the working class hero and instead is like the loudest voice on the left um like was that always a thing i feel like it might have always been his perception but the audience perception of bruce springsteen always kind of overtook that and then once he actually started talking everyone was kind of like oh Oh, that's not what he believes. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people probably see them as being one of the same. I think a lot of people probably think, well, if you're the, the blue-collar working class, then you're going to go for the Democrat side of things because the Republicans just want to make the rich richer. There's, there's that. I mean, I have to say, I, I'm a big fan of Springsteen. Um, I don't care about the politics. I don't necessarily agree with a, a lot of the things he says, but it, doesn't, I, it certainly doesn't make me dislike him. From a musical point of view... Um, I think he's uh, he's very good, um, but no, I don't. It, it doesn't. I don't. I don't. From my perception of Springsteen, nothing has changed. I think maybe he just got more politically vocal because he saw in his mind so many things going on during the Trump era that he just had to speak out right. against. You know, and, and obviously he was always. I mean, he always did a lot of fundraising and gigs for Obama and stuff, right? True, but I think that people always just kind of had a perception of him that you know. First of all, he's a guy from New Jersey that talks in a Southern accent, so naturally off that alone, people just assume like what his views and opinions are going to be. I'm with you. I actually love Bruce Springsteen. I my mom is probably the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan in the world. I grew up on his music, but you know, I think it just he fell into that category of people just don't want to be told what to do. People don't want to be told what to think. And then you know, we saw that of course with his Jeep commercial where he tells everyone what to think and then all of a sudden a few fans get mad, do some digging and the world finds out that he had a DUI. Yeah, but that I but I kind of agree with that. You can't be a world famous celebrity 
advertising a car if you if you get convicted of a for a DUI. It's just why? a bad look. What, what, what was he advertising? Jeep, right? Yeah. Well, Jeep, why would Jeep have? You wouldn't have a celebrity who's got a DUI advertising your products if your product's a car. It's just a terrible okay, fit. Take the celebrity factor out of it. Would they not hire an actor for one of their roles because he had a DUI? They weren't expecting the. You know, no one knew about this DUI. Because of the commercial, people did digging and found out that it happened three months prior. If it wasn't for the commercial, no one would have ever known about the DUI. Well, yeah, but that comes back to Springsteen should have told Jeep that he had this issue, which, by the way, he didn't get convicted of, right? He hasn't got a, a DUI. No, it got dropped. Right. Okay, so you think that he should have said, hey, Jeep, I know you're about to give me $1 million for a day's work. But just first, here's this little bit of controversy. No one would do that. No one on earth. When you, when you apply for a job, would you tell them everything you've done illegal? No. No, but you would tell them if you were famous to that extent and you were endorsing a car. No, you wouldn't. You take the money. You do whatever you can to take the money. It doesn't matter who you are, no, how much money you have. It's a job. Because You're there is no way with today's media that Bruce Springsteen getting a DUI and taking a big money deal to advertise a car during the Super Bowl, there is no way that that DUI information wasn't going to come out eventually. It didn't for three months, and the only reason it did was because of what the commercial was about people got upset about. If it was, let's say instead he was like, in the commercial, he literally said, hell yeah, drinking and driving is cool, and I think you should do it too. No one would have looked up his arrest record, and no one would have known about his DUI. You, you can't, I don't understand why you have a problem with this. There's no way, no car company would want to hire a famous person to endorse their car product if that person has got a DUI. It's, it's just a bad fit. If that person was a known, crazy, wild, drunk rock star, like, I don't think Jeep would say, hey, Tommy Lee, let's have you sit in the car. But yeah, for one little slap on the wrist incident, it doesn't matter what it is. It's been made into a bigger thing because people wanted something to get mad about. There's not reason to get mad about a 70-year-old rock star blowing a .02 and getting charged the DUI for it. It doesn't matter. at the t And now it's been thrown out anyway, so it's, so it's irrelevant. But at the time, with a, um, a DUI arrest taking on such a high-profile endorsement for a car and not admitting that is wrong. I, don't, I, I disagree. I think you're acting like DUI is murder here. It's just you wouldn't have a... I, I, no car... Just think of it from the point of view of the car company. No car company is going to want to hire a celebrity to endorse their car if they've got a DUI. It's, you, just, you just don't want to do it. To your point, I will say this. I, when I was a kid growing up in the, in the UK... They might still have them. I don't know. There used to be TV campaigns against uh, the, the drunk driving at Christmas because it was always a, a, an issue in the UK. People would go out, drink more at Christmas, get in a car, crash, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. And I was always kind of intrigued that the faces, the famous faces the UK would choose for their 
anti-drunk driving campaign were always the most alcoholic rock stars that you could possibly imagine. So they would have a thing on with, I don't know, I don't think he did one, but it would be someone along the lines of Keith Richards of the Stones, right? So you'd have this kind of like, uh, you know, some horrible scenes from a, a DUI crash or whatever, and then it cut to Keith, throw an example because I can't think that there were others I don't think he did do one maybe he did it was him or definitely Ronnie Wood from the Stones so it would cut to one of them going like hey this is Keith listen don't get in a car I would be this Christmas because you could crash and kill someone but so I was always kind of suspects of like you get like the biggest known drinkers from show business and make them the face of your drink driving uh, anti-drink driving uh, uh, at Christmas campaign. But you could argue that Keith Richards on those campaigns was pretty much going, Is Keith, I haven't driven the car since 1965 <laughs> because I've been over the limit since 1966. <laughs> and you shouldn't, right? So I kind of get that because, you know, big drinker, not driving a car, hasn't got any DUIs. Bruce Springsteen had a DUI, even though now it's been quashed at the time that he got in that Jeep and got filmed for it for the Super Bowl commercial, and that is what's wrong. So why should everyone in the world know about his DUI? If I got a DUI, no one finds because out about it. Because you're not Bruce Springsteen. Well, and that shouldn't not... matter. He's just a person. You are making him into a god okay, by doing uh, that. Okay, He's okay, just a okay, person. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that's a different argument that he doesn't deserve to have his DUI from page news just because he's famous and i don't necessarily agree with that but let's agree to disagree on that point what i do definitely disagree on is that regardless of that no car company is going to want to take any famous person to endorse their product if they've got a dui it's just a bad look well, talking of endorsers not, not not a DUI, but there's actually a great example of another car company using a pretty well-known celebrity who probably doesn't have the cleanest record of all time. Remember, uh, I believe it was Matthew McConaughey who was once upon a time arrested for playing the bongos naked while extremely high on marijuana? If he's in multiple car commercials what is it allowed is he allowed to promote that you can smoke up whenever you want and get behind the wheel of a car okay well i totally agree with you there i didn't know about that but if that is the case with matthew mcconaughey then that is clearly a case of double standards i wouldn't have either of them endorsing cars i'm just saying that them telling you to go buy a car just because they one time made a mistake behind the wheel of a car doesn't necessarily mean they can't tell you go buy a car I'd say one more thing on car endorsement. I haven't even got around to my issue with Bruce Springsteen. It's not even to do with this. My issue is something musically based. Um, <laughs> has anyone suggested, because I know that uh, there is some, um, some discussion about how bad Tiger Woods' injuries are going to be and whether or not he's going to be able to play golf to the same standard once they you know, rebuild right. the body and stuff like that. Did you see, considering what a terrible crash that was, that car that he was driving came off A-OK. -okay. So if he needs some extra money, Tiger Woods should be endorsing that make of car as one right. of the safest cars on the road. That's someone to endorse a car. I don't know. The guy's two biggest controversies in his life revolve around cars so i think he should probably avoid that at all if costs. he's if he's oh yeah because he had that he did yes, have that he was crash chasing oh, him with, oh, with yeah. the golf club 
Uh, Tiger Woods, okay, scrap that idea. I was just thinking aloud. I forgot, right. I, 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 I forgot about that. If, if, if. Well, that car was shoddy craftsmanship. This car. <laughs> well, there is something to be said for how well the current car that he was driving was built because it, you know, it, it was all right, right? Right. In terms of how well it protected him. Okay, look, we, we, we've got to go. But uh, one more thing on Bruce Springsteen. Just one more thing. Here's my issue right. with Bruce Springsteen. And. This is something where there are double standards, and I don't know why no one has pulled him up on this. I see people moan a lot about heritage artists that can still do big shows, headlining festivals, playing arenas, stuff like that. The league that Springsteen is in, musically speaking, where they've got a big back catalogue. And they go out and they play shows and they refuse to play the hits. You'll find this is all over Reddit, you know. Um Springsteen is one of those people and somehow no one ever pulls him up on this. And I get that, especially being an old man now, it's a tough job to go out there and play three hours a night because he's famous for doing these super long shows, right? right? And he's a man that's got, he could play three hours of back-to-back hits. And I'm not saying that he needs to make the full three hours, the greatest hits of Bruce Springsteen. But this is something that I've just noticed about Bruce. You go look at any of those set lists for three hours. Let's say there's 30 songs. You're looking at maybe four or five of the greatest hits and then a lot off of the ghost of Tom Joad and such like. <laughs> and, and he's doing it to festival and arena and sometimes stadium audiences. And no one ever brings that up. Uh, a big thing with Bruce Springsteen fans, uh, the ones that like go to every show is a lot of times they bring signs with them and they'll just all they do is write a random song. And, and it know, says Born to Run because even though it's one of his most famous songs, he probably ain't played it in 10 well, that, years. That thing is he literally points to these diehard fans that like want to hear the random obscure songs that no one's heard. And he's like, ooh, I'm going to sing that one. Well, again, I don't mind that because the idea of changing up the set list every night, I think is pretty cool. And the idea that he will see diehard fans with, fan, with, with signs in the audience and play one of the deep cuts... I think all of that side of it's great, but he's choosing a deep cut suggested by a fan with a cardboard side that's going to come in a set list among 15 other really deep cuts that right. probably even the fan with the sign doesn't even know the preceding 10 songs. You what know? is this? I think it's time to go to the bathroom. He's, um, he, uh, I, I saw him once. He, he headlined Hyde Park in Shitsville, right? And, um, he uh, he played again one of these really long sets, but in right. Hi- in Hyde Park in the UK, they've got really strict curfew laws, and it's because there are some really really super rich people that live in these executive apartments. That basically Hyde Park is their garden, right? right. So every summer pre COVID in, in in the UK, they would have uh, f- for like a bunch of weekends in June and July. Um, a bunch of big gigs and the people that own these big executive apartments, they reluctantly let these gigs happen. But one of the conditions is you have to be done by 1030 because these people are old and they want to sleep and dream of all the money they've got. Right. So it's super strict. And the people that run the gigs have to make sure that there isn't any, uh, anything that overruns because otherwise next year, these super rich people will just stop them having the the, the gigs. So as a result of Bruce Springsteen doing his super long show, he's got to be done by 1030. So I think he had a planned stage time of about 5 PM, you know, just, 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 just to be sure. And again, 
I commend him for doing super long shows and giving people value for money. If only he could give them a little more value by playing uh, a set list that uh, people are familiar with. There is an issue at this one uh, Bruce Springsteen show in Hyde Park. He'd chosen uh, John Fogarty to go on before him, the Creedence Clearwater Revival guy, because Springsteen was a big fan, right? John Fogarty, here's some inside information, uh, managed by his wife who everyone's terrified of. Oh, no. She's like the unfamous Sharon Osbourne in, ter- <laughs> in terms of the wife that's managing the right. talent who everyone's scared of. Um, he didn't even write um, a mom I'm coming home for. <laughs> um, she gets nothing. She uh, screws up the timing in some regard, doesn't get John Fogarty to the stage on time, and because he's on before Springsteen, um, he plays his full set because Springsteen's people were too scared to tell Mrs. Fogarty, get your fucking husband off the stage because the boss is waiting to go on. Right. He's got three and a half hours of B-sides to play London. <laughs> they don't know how lucky they're about to be, right? And um, so he way, way, way overruns John Fogarty. And let's face it, I mean, by the time you've had the greatest hits of Creedence Clearwater Revival, we didn't need four songs from the latest solo John Fogarty album, Right. right? So Springsteen ends up coming on later than planned. And then as a result, the mayor of London had to cut the power at 10.30, like halfway through a Springsteen song because of the strict curfew that was on stage. And there's every chance that the people in London that night, myself included, might have been treated to a once in a 10 years rollout of Born to Run, but we didn't get it because Springsteen was still at the, uh, here's uh, the 18th song from my B-Sides and Deep Cuts album, because John Fogarty had overrun playing songs from his latest album that no one wanted to start with. Damn Fogarty. Anyway, we've gone around the block a lot with uh, Bruce Springsteen on today's uh, podcast episode. But uh, as I say, um, I uh, we could argue all day about whether it's right or wrong that he endorses Jeep. My message to you, Bruce, is don't go drinking any more drinks on private land and put some fucking hits in the set. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson to be learned here. This, if you're doing, doing a podcast with President Obama, if... They can talk about the world's issues as much as they want. If at some point Obama doesn't say to him, you could play Glory Days more often. <laughs> I'd be very disappointed in that podcast. That's, you would get that here on Did You America, this that's is ex- sure. This is exactly what we should be doing. If, if the boss was our guest, I'd be, Jeremy's going to defend your DUI for about an hour to a ridiculous degree, and then you and I are going to have a word about the set list. By the way, never book John Fogarty before you in the future. Right, drunky. Give us the hits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of pissed up people in that field like <laughs> who aren't going to get in their Jeeps to drive home afterwards, right. but they'll be taking the subway home and very happy about the fact that you did play Dancing in the Dark. <laughs> They're all drunk too. All right, I think we're done. Um, you can... Oh, didn't get to, f- to the listener feedback again. I've got it. We will get to it. <sighs> DidYouAmerica.com is where you can go if you would like to vote for Song of the Week. You can also vote for Song of the Week if you go to my Twitter, at Ian Canfield. We'll have a poll up there. Um, Also, on the website, you can hear previous episodes. You can buy a T-shirt. Jeremy, how great are the T-shirts? So good on your nipples. DidYouAmerica.com for all of that kind of stuff. For those of you who listen in anything approaching real time, we will be back with more of this fair on Friday of this week. Uh, I think that'll do. Did we America today? You know we did.